Hey, what's up, Bob? Ready to watch this basketball game? You know it. Blue Dude. Devils taking it to those Tar Heels. Boom. Boom. Got my Blue Devils colors on. Ready to go. Absolute. Oh, hold on. It's my wife. Hey, hon. Yeah. Yeah, Bob's over here. Yeah, we're getting ready to watch the game. Okay. All right, I'll see you when you get home. I love you, too. Now you hang up. No, you. <laughs> I'm not going to hang up. Hello, the game's no. about to start. All right, honey, I got to go. All right, love you. Bye. Sorry, dude. <laughs> That's my wife. Are you guys always like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty cool. I guess I just don't get it. I mean, well, well it kind of made me think about something. And you know what, you know, Pastor's been talking about? Um, it's, not, it's not working for me. What's well, not working for you? You know, the, the praying thing, it's, it's, not, it's not working for, for me. You don't know how to pray? Well, no, it's not that. It's just, you know, the horizontal praying thing. You falling asleep while you're praying? No, you know, when you pray together, you know, the intimacy thing. It's just, it's not... Uh. Yeah, yeah, you're with me now, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, well, uh, maybe you're doing it wrong. What, what, how are you praying? Well, well, you know, it's that time of night, so we put the kids to bed, and they're sleeping and stuff, and, you know, we lay in bed, and I roll over, and I, I grab her hands, and I say, Honey, can I pray with you tonight? Oh, that's sweet. I know, right? Yeah. So then I, I say, so I go into prayer, and I say, Oh, Heavenly Father out thou, it's so great and glorious. Please, Lord, you're the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, you are the most important thing in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you'll come now tonight, Lord, and, and heal my wife's headache as we go to sleep. Oh. It, whoa. Whoa, whoa. What are you doing? I'm praying out loud. That's how you pray with your wife? Well, oh, I my just, goodness. Do you, do you ever pray for your wife when she's not around? Of course I do. I mean, how does that I, sound? Well, I love my wife and I love my kids, and you know, I, I worry about them all the time. And you know, I'm in the car driving to work, and I'm praying for them, and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just talking to God about their safety and their well-being, and are the kids safe at school? And dude, you know, that's how you pray with your wife. You don't need to write a King James version prayer. You just pray. Wait a second. You want me to share what's in my heart with my wife? Yeah, I know. It's awkward sometimes, isn't it? Well, <laughs> Matt did say it'd be awkward, but... Uh, but hey, he also mentioned a statistic. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's just been ingrained in my brain. I just, I can't get it out. The one in two and one in 10,000, I mean, that's huge. And man, I want to be one of those one in 10,000. I really, really do. Hey, a little bit of awkward to guarantee, well, not to guarantee, but to help your marriage is well worth it. And, dude, the physical intimacy you're looking for, uh, I think you're going to find when you start to pray with your wife, it far pales in comparison to the intimacy that you're going to have when you're talking to God with your spouse. It's just unbelievable. You're going to love it, dude. Yeah. You got to give it a try. All right. Um, all right. I'll give it a try. Okay. And... If your prayer thing works, don't tell me about it. <laughs> All right, let's watch the game. All right. <laughs>
blue. Yeah. Today's message is P, probably PG, between PG and PG-13. So if you have a kid uh, with us in service this morning, it'd be great to take them to our awesome children's department. Uh, they're just down the hall. We've got some great children's workers. And students, good news, Pastor Eddie is upstairs with all of our teenagers, and they're having a time for just made for, for you guys. So this would be a good time to, to make your way out. Uh, Right now, I'm going to pray for us that God would, would help us in all of these things as we hear your word this morning, God. We thank you so much of our time already in worship, Lord, as we think about what you have done for us and who you are. God, you are great. And quite frankly, Lord, we need you. We need you in everything we do in every area of our life, God. Lord, I pray that this morning as we open your word, God, that you would, God, open our hearts. God, I pray that you'd open my heart. Lord, I pray that as you speak uh, to me and through me, God, that I will be obedient to you, Jesus, in your name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you can turn in your Bible to John chapter 13. By the way, this thing is heavier than it looks. Um, Has anybody seen the movie Juno before? This came out about seven years ago. The main character is a teenage girl by the name of Juno, and uh, she gets pregnant unexpectedly in high school, okay? And uh, the whole movie is about her dealing with the ups and downs of this and uh, trying to decide whether or not to have an abortion and then eventually deciding to have the baby but to give the baby up for adoption. And uh, so she's, in the midst of all this, she's, she's looking at different couples in her life and, and, and just seeing a lot of just kind of depressing examples of, of marriage and she sees her, her parents that split up and others that have split up. And then she goes to, to give this, this child away and, and she looks at the couple that's going to, to, to take her baby and says, oh, this isn't a good example of a good marriage either. And so she has this kind of tender moment in the movie with her dad where they sit down together and she asks these questions and she's, she's really serious. It's, a, it's kind of a heartfelt moment. She asks these two questions and I want us to think about it today. And maybe you've thought about it already. I guess I wonder, this is Juno talking, I guess I wonder sometimes if people ever stay together for good, like people in love. Dad, I just need to know it's possible for two people to stay happy together forever. Now, maybe that's the question that's on your mind. Is it possible? Is it possible to stay in love and and together? Now, if we look around and maybe you're, you're single here this morning and go, man, I look at the world and say, man, that seems pretty impossible. I mean, if you look at Hollywood, those are, that's obviously not a good example. But Hollywood marriages, they're like dog years, okay? It's like you have to multiply it by 10. Those are actual years somehow. And uh, those don't really count because they're you know, very short. Statistics are horrible when we look at, at marriage. And then we look around in our own lives sometimes and go, man, they're together, but not too happy. <laughs> They're not too excited about being together. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad. And uh, it's really it's scary, to be honest. Today, we want to look at, at that, that staying in love part and look deeper in, in, into what love's all about. There was an Iowa couple, 2011, that they actually passed away. Their names were Gordon and Norma Jaeger, the Jaegers. And I got a couple pictures for you, for you uh, to, to see. They were married for 72 years. 72 years. When they passed away, I think she was 90 and he was 94. 
But as I was reading this article, what drew me to this couple was they actually, they, a little bit sad, they, 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 they died in a, in, a, in a car accident. They had a car accident, they went to the hospital, and the story goes that one had a broken back, the other had a, a, some other broken parts as well. So things were not looking good, but they were conscious. And, and as they were in separate rooms, they were asking about each other. Well, well how's mom doing? How's dad doing? I know, and they would say, well, you gotta worry about you. Uh, no, 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 how are they doing? And eventually they just couldn't separate them. And they put them in the same room together so they could be side by side in the same room. And they actually died holding hands together. Can you believe that? That's an ah moment. That's a Valentine's moment right there, folks. He passed away an hour before she did. Now, what was remarkable about the situation, what drew me to the article was that in that hour, they were a little bit confused because he stopped breathing, but the heart monitor was still going for him because her heartbeat was going through him into the monitor. Isn't that sweet? That's pretty sweet, all right? And, and, and reading this obituary about their lives, their, their, their kids started to talk about them. They were inseparable. They loved to spend time together. They had chairs that were together. They watched Wheel of Fortune together. They watched, the, they watched games together. They walked their little... You said Yorkie Terrier or Yorkie Terrier? Those little dogs. They walked their dogs together. They spent this time together. It was beautiful. They were, and so for them to, to pass away together, it made a lot of sense to the family. And it was a, a time of celebration. And I think there's something inside of us. There's something intrinsic inside of us that wants that. We look around and we say, man, it just doesn't, doesn't look good. But but I mean, I want that long lasting, beautiful relationship. It is possible. And that's what we're, we're discussing together during this month. It is possible, folks. And you know what I think? The reason why we believe that intrinsically, because it's a quality of who God is. We're made in God's image. And God is a God that, remember, he would say this, you will be my people and I will be your God. And so there's this long-lasting relationship that can stand the test of time and perseveres uh, together. So I think that's just kind of in, in, inbred in who we are as people. I think it's there. And even though we see the stats, we look around, we think it's possible. We believe it's possible. And that's what we want to think about as a church, as a community. We want to say, forget what we're seeing out there and say, we want to live differently, the way God has called us to live. And we want to reimagine marriage together. Now, the first week, if you weren't with us, we talked about one of the core things that we have to do is we have to seek God together. We have to seek God first in our lives. This is so fundamental. And you heard a couple of stats there that one in two, we know couples divorce. One in two out of every two marriages divorce. But out of those numbers, okay, if you think about it, only 8% of Christian couples pray together, 8%. But out of that 8%, if of those couples that have prayed together, only one out of 10,000 lead to divorce. So, very simple. Couples that pray together, stay together. Couples that pray together, stay together. And we should seek God first in our marriages. That's the, that was the first step. Now, this week, I want us to look at this whole question about how can we stay in love? We know falling in love, 
I don't want to trivialize it. It's easy, okay? Following love is easy. I worked for teenagers for a long time. They're in love all the time, all right? All the time they are in love, okay? And I see these, these couples that will, and this is maybe a reason why they're not here today. We, we, uh, we see these couples all the time, and they have that look in their eyes. Oh, I love you. I love you more. And they're just, you know, just glitter all around and whatever. And uh, you know, and when I have time with them just apart, I, I kind of candidly say, hey, you know you're going to have about six more of these before you find that person that you'll probably spend the rest of your life with, Okay. But I remember when I first fell in love, I was 10 years old, and she was beautiful. She was a knockout, okay? And uh, in fact, you might be familiar with her. Her name is Wonder Woman. Uh, and uh, <laughs> came on TV at, when I was about that age of reruns, beautiful dark hair, and she was you know, athletic and awesome and defeated evil and whatnot. Um, she didn't really have superpowers, did she? She was just kind of hot. Um, I guess that's a superpower. But what I found out was that I just, this like epiphany moment happened for me this week, okay? As I was looking at a picture and I put two and two together and I was like, you know what? My wife looks just like Wonder Woman. <laughs> Bam. That just hit me this week. It's like, that was God's foreshadowing. <laughs> He's awesome that way. But, but love, falling in love is easy. Staying in love, whew, that's where things get a little difficult. Now, how we're going to, to, to approach this is we're going to take a look at that word love a little bit. And we're going to look at what Jesus, I think Jesus has a good word for us today in this department of staying in love, okay? So I want you to turn to John chapter 13, and we're going to look at verse 34, all right? John chapter 13, verse 34, and I know you're just getting ready just to, this is just going to melt your mind how awesome these words are, okay? Here they are. This is going to just be totally new. You've never seen this before. Here it is. Jesus' words. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Mind blown, right? You're with me. Like, I've never seen that before. Okay? Probably not. But I want us to look at it a little differently this morning. Love one another. Now, what us preachers do sometimes is we look at what the words, the actual original words mean. So there's Greek for the New Testament, Hebrew in the Old Testament. And so this word here, it's translated, this is the word, you probably maybe have heard it before, agape. Okay, so the original is this word agape. Now I go to the lexicon and I check out this word agape, and that's what it, where it looks like in the original. That's the funky Greek word, letters that you know, I try to remember and you, you, no use for right now. But um, and then I, as I was looking at this, here's something that's very important to note, okay? Part of speech. What does it say? It's a verb, right? Now, DC Talk reminded us of this. Maybe you heard a John Mayer song a couple years ago. Love is a, it's a verb. It is a verb. Now, for most of us, we think of love sometimes as a noun. You're in love. It's something you possess, it's, but then you fall out of it. We're in it, and then we're out of it. It's not a noun. It is a verb. And Jesus' command to us, and I think to couples, is this. Love 
one another in the verb sense. We must love one another. Now, Andy Stanley says this. I love this illustration he uses, is that Jesus would probably not be a great marriage counselor because a couple would come to Jesus and they would sit down in front of him and they would say, well, she does this and says this, and he does this. And Jesus would say, okay, I got it. This is what I want you to do. Love one another. Love one another. I want you to go home and I, and I want you to, 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 to love each other. But you don't understand, Jesus. I want you to, to love each other. You see, you're confusing it, the noun and the verb. You're saying you're not feeling it and I want you to feel it. But you have to do it and then you'll feel it. You start off feeling it, remember, when you were first in love. It's easy to feel it then, but then you don't feel it anymore. And I want to help you feel it again, Jesus might say. Then, then you need to think about it and do and to practice it. Now, what people do is, well, I'm not feeling it anymore. So when did I feel it when I first met somebody? And so guess what? Let me just upgrade and meet somebody new. And then I will feel it again. And then that works for a while, and then, but you've got to continually practice love. Now, to put love into a verb and to make it a verb, there's three key words I think we should remember. And I want you to walk away with these three key words today. To be a, a verb, you need to make love intentional. You need to make love unselfish. And you need to make love to be actions. Intentional unselfish actions. You should write those down. I know that those are mind-blowing, but those are so important for today. Intentional, love is intentional, love is unselfish, and love is an action. Love is an action, all right? It's not, what am I getting out of this, but what am I giving? That's what Jesus is all about. Think about Ephesians chapter 5. If you have time, jump there. Ephesians chapter 5, he's talking about husbands and wives, and he uses this phrase, and we don't like this word sometimes. It's a nasty word to some, but I think this is exactly what, this is almost interchangeable passages when, when Jesus says this to couples. He says this, 521, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Husbands, submit to your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Now let's take the word, husbands, love your wives, wives love your husbands. I think it's interchangeable in that because it's this idea of mutual submission. Now, who is the most important person in the world right now? Ponder in yourself. I've been thinking about this all weekend. I can't come up with the most important person. Who is the person that if they walk through those doors right now, and maybe I hired them to come in, and they walk through these doors right now that everyone would immediately go, <gasps> and they maybe even stand to their feet, who is that person? Discuss amongst yourself really quick and try to come up with that person, okay? Combination of fame and respect. Fame and respect. Celebrity and ah, okay? All right, now if, if that person that you came up with walked through the door, what would happen? We would all react like, no way. First, they go to church? Uh, 
That's not what we would say. We'd go, no way, they're here. And you would go, here, have my seats. You would, in the conversation, what would you do? I want to hear your stories. I'm going to be a listener now. Can you imagine like interrupting this person and be like, no, 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 your story is good, but mine's even better. No, you would just be captivated by this person. You would allow them to have the honors. Why? Because they're the most important person. I don't know if you've ever been around famous people before. I've only had a, a few encounters, but those moments usually they produce like stammering. Blah, 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 blah. You're kind of awkward. You, you have big talk before. For example, I met Ashley Judd one time. I parked her car to valeting. Before she arrived, and we knew she was coming, and I was telling all my friends, this is pre-Melanie, that, man, just wait, and I'm just, you know, because I've got game, and uh, whatever that means. And uh, so I I'm going to be the one to, to take her car from her, and uh, so she pulls up, and immediately, uh, 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 and I just put my hands out for her keys, and uh, that's it. That was it. And then I look over to my friends, and they're just like, Terrible, but you had those moments because I mean, you're in kind of the ah moment. Have you had that moment? I love this chivalrous acts of guys. And guys, I hope that you're still doing this. When the moment where you open a door for someone, you say, you go first, you go first. Now, what if, and I think this is what this verse is all about. What if we had that mentality in our relationships? No, you first, no, you first. Now I wanna hear about y your day. I want to hear about what's going on in your life. No, you go first. No, you choose the restaurant. I, I chose the restaurant last time. No, no, we're going to do what you want to do. This mutual submission going back. and No, you first. I think that's what, I think that's what Paul had. In, I think that's what Jesus really had in mind as well. This back and forth mutual serving each other intentionally, unselfishly, and with actions, not just in words. What did Jesus do? Right before he said this, love one another, he got on his hands and his knees and he washed his disciples' feet, okay? He washed disciples' feet. He was showing them, this is what love looks like. It's actions, folks. It's you before me. You before me. Now, there's this saucy little book in the Bible. It's called the Song of Solomon. Have you ever heard of it before? All right? Song of songs and maybe whatever, depending on your translation. Now, some of you are going to be blown away here. You're going to say, this is in the Bible? Yes, it is in the Bible. You need to check it out. Maybe you need to read it this afternoon. Okay? Some of the things in Song of Solomon, whoo, you're, 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 I don't know if you can handle all of it, okay? And we're going to read a little bit this morning. We're all going to be mature, Right? But the Song of Solomon book, it's amazing as far as some of the things uh, that are inside it. And uh, the metaphors, if, if guys, you're looking for some post-Valentine Day help, uh, the metaphors don't all translate, okay, in the book. All right, here's a couple of uh, metaphors. If this is what, because uh, Solomon is describing a certain woman in the book there, okay. Here are some of the metaphors. Your eyes are like doves, not too bad. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Your teeth are like a flock of ewes or sheep. Your lips are like a scarlet thread, and you can go on from there. So this is a, somebody put a caricature of what that kind of all looks like together. Yeah, a little scary. Hey, beauty in the eye of the beholder, folks. Uh, 
So don't necessarily, we don't necessarily use all of the metaphors here, but they're pretty powerful. They're pretty powerful. Now there's this video a couple of years ago. Remember, you remember that series, the NUMA video series? In, in the second video, there, there was a video called uh, Flame. And in that, the narrator talks about the different Hebrew versions of the word love in the book of Song of Songs or Solomon. And there's three Hebrew words that really are prominent in, in the book. And I want to talk about them just briefly. The first one is this, raya. And it, raya, I mean, this form of love is like your soulmate, okay? Your soulmate, your friend that you live life together. And you're like best friends. Today I married my best friend. You see that in a lot of things. And it's just like companionship love that's there. Then uh, ahava is another Hebrew word for love that's found in the book. And this is a love of commitment. People, there, they've made commitment and strong together. That's how we love one another. And then there's this last word, this dode word. And then the Greek form of this is this eros, which is where we get the word erotic. And it's this romantic love, uh-huh, uh-huh kind of love, all right? Now, the point that he makes here at the end is these three, these three love words, they actually they work together. And when they all come together, they make a beautiful thing. All right, but the problem is this: is that if you have ra ya without anything else, soulmate, that's beautiful, that's great to have a friend in life. You should have friends that are soulmates in life. That's fantastic. Okay, but if someone has just the ahava, just the commitment to each other, and not the the, the friendship part of it, not the the uh, the dode part of it, the romantic side of it, they're kind of more like roommates business partners in life. You follow me? You tracking me? Okay. If you just have the dode part, the romantic love, which the world values greatly without the companionship, the friendship side, and without the commitment side, and you just have the dode part, it's pretty unfulfilling and unsatisfying and just leaves you wanting and empty. And that's what we see around us everywhere. This this terrible version of love that's just, it's self-seeking. And it's not what God had in mind. He it just brings us all together in this beautiful, beautiful cornucopia of what love should look like. Now, when these act together, it's a beautiful thing. How can we kind of bring this? How can we stay in love and bring all these things, keeping these things together? I want to be super practical this morning with this, Okay. First way, and I, these three are straight out of Craig Rochelle's book from this day forward, and I invite you to read that when you have time. And the first one is this. There's three ways I want to invite you to have fun with your, your soulmate. This is the first one, face-to-face -face fun. I invite you to have face-to-face -face fun. This is very important for all couples. What's face-to-face -face love? This is time spent together face-to-face, -to -face, duh. You need to talk to each other and you need to share with each other, not just the details of life, the X's and O's, but the below the surface things that are going on. Now, Melly and I have these business meetings every, about every other day. And it's basically, it's the, okay, Noah's gotta practice at this time and we don't forget about this. We got this event coming up and we've gotta go buy this and do we need milk? And you have business meetings, you, do you have these? in your home, you know what I'm talking about? Don't forget about this or that, and break the business meeting is over, okay? We all need to have those to make sure we're all on the calendar, same page. But that's a business meeting. That's not face-to-face -face quality time. 
Now, other people have time with their kids, okay? You go and you're at kid events and kid stuff, and kids become, a lot of people, the center of their life, okay? But that's not face-to-face time, quality time either, okay? What happens when the kids are out of a house? What do we see with a lot of couples? It becomes difficult because they don't know each other anymore. They haven't spent time, just the two of them, anymore. And so now it's like, well, what's, what's next? You know, business meeting relationships and kid-centered relationships, they might be civil, but they're not very intimate. It might be practical, but it certainly isn't very fun. It isn't fun. Now, a couple of general, I know these are generalizations, but I think for most of us, we're going to agree with these, okay? Craig says this, and I totally agree. Men like headlines, but women like details. Women like details. Women talk to connect, to connect to one another. If you go to an elementary school, what do you see with kids? Girls are probably, maybe are playing at there on the schoolyard and maybe throwing a ball back and forth, but what are they mainly using it for at times? To connect, to talk, okay? Well, guys, they are king of the hill, get out of my way, kind of, kind of playing, all right? Guys often are problem solvers. So in the middle of conversations, we are thinking, if we're, we're really listening, how can I solve the problem when a lot of women, they don't want you to solve their problems. They just want to be heard. They just want to be heard. Now, early on in our marriage, I picked up on a word that, that Melanie would use. She would, every now and then, she would say this, I, I'm feeling just disconnected, disconnected from you. And, and what she was saying is this, we haven't had that face-to-face time. We haven't had that time when we connected to each other and, and really inter, interacted with, with what we're feeling. Not just that what's happened during the day, but, but, but what's going on under the surface of there. One of my favorite couple examples, they, they're amazing. They talk all the time. They call in the middle of the day just randomly, not to find out the details, but just to find out, hey, what's, what, how are you doing? And they really want to know the answers. It's, it's pretty cool. And, and to encourage this, there's a word that we're going to start using a lot around here, and it's a word that I know you know. It's this word, date night. You got to have date nights. You have to, okay? This is a must for every married couple, okay? It, it's that time where you're sitting down together. It, doesn't, it can be over, over McDonald's. It can be over coffee. It can be over whatever. But it's just you two together, and you are connecting with one another. That's not with the glow of a phone in your face as you connect. Or sports screens everywhere for me to be distracted by, all right? It, it's much different than that. And it's not Face-to-face, date night time is not sitting down and watching a show and vegging, okay? That's not quality face-to-face time. This is so important for relationships. Now, another form of this, this, this face-to-face time, it actually comes, we're gonna look at the book of Song of Solomon here, seven, one through four. This is Solomon talking to his lady, okay? And it gets kind of intimate because words of affirmation are important as well. And he says this, how beautiful are your sandal feet, O queenly maiden. Your rounded thighs are like jewels. Why do I feel like I should <laughs> Junior high boy coming out. The work of a skilled craftsman, your navel is perfectly formed like a goblet filled with mixed wine. 
It's a big navel. Between your thighs lies a mound of wheat bordered with lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle. Your neck is as beautiful as an ivory tower. Your eyes are like the sparkling pools of Heshbon by the gate of Bethrabin. Your nose is as fine as the Tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. What is he doing here? He's wooing his lady, okay? Now, everyone has different uh, love languages. Some, if you've read Gary Chapman's book, Words of Affirmation, quality time together, physical touch, uh, gifts, all right? Now, if your lady or your, your guy friend is, is a gifts person and you missed that yesterday, good luck, my friend, all right? Gifts and then acts of service, all right? And you need to learn your spouse's love language and you need to speak their love language so their love tank will be full. Now, face-to-face fun. Next, side-to-side fun. Side-to-side fun. This is going out and having a good time together, doing activities together side-to-side. One of my favorite things to do when we were living in in Florida was to walk on the beach together at dusk with Melanie and and holding her hand side-by-side together, doing life together, just having fun together. You need to have fun as a couple. We love to do different things. We love to be creative in in dates uh, from volleyball, playing volleyball together, walking on the beach. We've been skydiving together. The other night we went rock climbing together at uh, this rock climbing place indoor. I realized I haven't worked out in a long time. I have a giant bruise right here. But it was fun. We've been horseback riding. We've done all kinds of things together. Sometimes I go into her world of the things that she likes to do. I watched Downton Abbey with her the other day, the other week. That was very painful at times. I had to put the closed caption on just to know what they were saying, okay, and the accents. But asking her questions and trying to catch up on the series and, and all the stuff. She's gone to top golf with me and, and, and hit golf balls. Why? Because we just want to have fun together. And she's willing to, to, to do something I like to do because she loves me and I love her for it. Um, so we believe in this so much. We believe in this date night so much. A part of this marriage initiative that we're doing is we are sponsoring date nights as a church. Okay? We're sponsoring date nights as a church. We're taking the excuses out because you've got 10 excuses in your mind already why we don't go on date nights. The kids, and we don't have the money, we don't have this, or we don't have the time. And you, you've listed them all, okay? But they're all rubbish, okay? I'm gonna throw that in there, okay? They're all rubbish. And we're gonna try to take some of those away for you. We wanna give you opportunities because we believe in it so much. Free babysitting, okay? And we're gonna help you in your date. We're gonna give you ideas. We're gonna give you questions to ask each other because quite frankly, a lot of us have forgotten how to go out together and to spend quality time together. So we're gonna help you out. If you're saying, I don't have anybody in town, I don't have family, we're, we have a list of, of student babysitters that are gonna be on the table as you go out today. They're gonna have phone numbers and you can call a student babysitter. That part's not free, kids like money. Um, <laughs> but you can call a babysitter and you need to get a babysitter. And maybe you're saying, well, we don't have the money for that. Well, you need to, to quit spending it somewhere else and spend it on something that's important because this is importance, okay? And maybe you say, you know what, we're just going to go to the dollar menu, get some food, and we're going to go to the park. Do it. That's what you need to do. It's cheap, okay? Take out the excuses from the equation because we all need date nights. And if you don't have it, you're going to start to see a deterioration in the quality of intimacy 
in your relationship, okay? Remember the Jaegers, 72 years together? What? They did everything together. They did everything together, including that little together. They walked the dog together. That's what I meant by that. <laughs> last, last fun thing to consider today. That if you want to stay in love, then you need to have face-to-face fun, which leads, and, and you need to have side-to-side fun, which leads to belly button to belly button fun. All right? I think you can get the picture here. Theologian Martin Luther said this, let the wife make the husband glad to come home and let him make her sorry to see her leave, him leave. Song of Solomon says this, okay? In chapter seven, I am my lover's and he claims me as his own. Come, my love, let us go to the fields and spend the night among the wildflowers. Let us get up early and go to the vineyards to see if the grapevines have budded, if the blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates have bloomed. Then I will give you my love. All right? Let me tell you something, guys. God created sex, and it is good. It is good. Genesis chapter 2 says this, For this, re- this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were naked, and they felt no shame. Now, the book of Song of Solomon, there's something that you will notice is not present in the book of Song of Solomon. Kids. Okay? Now, you're saying, well, that's exactly why they're talking like this. <laughs> if they had kids around, that stuff goes away, my friend. The point being, I think, is this. Sex is not just for procreation. It's for enjoyment. God gave it as a gift. Theologian Matthew Henry says this. It is not only allowed us, but commanded us to be pleasant with our relations and particularly becomes yoke fellows to rejoice together in each other. Mutual delight is the bond of mutual fidelity. Physical intimacy as an, as, an, as an important aspect and an essential part of every single marriage. Now, I want you to read a, one more passage of scripture to me, uh, for me this morning. It's 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5. And it says this, and you can see it on, hopefully on the screen. Now, regarding the question you asked in your letter, someone asked a question from the church of Corinth. Yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time I love this part. So you can give yourself more completely to prayer. (laughs) Afterwards, you should come together again so that, why? Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Sex is a blessing from God in which we can serve one another. We can serve one another. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, you need to understand on both ends, when you turn off the faucet in this area, to some spouses, this is like death, okay? I'm being, I'm being serious here. Just like 
for some of you, if there was silence on one end, the lack of intimacy there that feels like death, as far as the, 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 the connection there, the face-to-face and the side-to-side time, how that feels like death, in the same way, death in this area, it feels. So, what are the words we thought about earlier? Intentional. Unselfish. Actions. Apply those things to the bedroom as well. Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay. So that why? Satan won't tempt. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not, this is straight out of of Craig's book, if you're not meeting your spouse's needs, what are some of the consequences? You and your spouse are the only legitimate option for sexual fulfillment. Everything else is sinful. I know this is is obviously a serious topic, and this is a place where some people need healing. Need healing. Now, we've got those, right? Face-to-face fun, side-to-side fun, belly-to-button, belly-button fun. And you're going, I can't believe we're talking about this in church. But this is exactly where we should be talking about it because we haven't talked about it enough in the church. And we've allowed the world to dictate our theology in this area, okay? Now, let's go back real quick. Jesus, what did he tell us? Love one another as I have loved you unselfishly. Let's go back to that scene. What did Jesus do right before he said this? He got on his hands and his knees and he washed his disciples' feet. Now, why is this so important? He didn't say, he did not say just do, I'm I'm saying that I love you. He showed that he loved him with action, others with actions. Now, here's the important part of Jesus, okay? And for you to, for all to be together on this. Jesus didn't just do that to get what he wanted, okay? You tracking with me? He didn't just say, okay, I'm gonna wash your feet so you'll serve me. He did that because that's who he is. He is unselfish. He is a God that is so loving and so unconditional as his love that he put it into actions. And one of the most powerful ways that he can do that is by giving his life sacrificially for us. And he was intentional in that action so that we could have life. And when he said to follow him and to be like him and love one another, that is what he meant, to be unselfish, to be intentional, and to put action behind words. And when we do that, love can last, folks. Love can continue and you can stay in love. It's a beautiful thing. Now this morning, as we think about the actions of our Lord and our Savior, we're gonna go to the table. I'm gonna invite the worship band to come and uh, they're going to lead us. And uh, as they are are, are singing, uh, we're going to to come and take communion. And the way we take communion uh, here at HFC We believe that the bread and the cup are symbols of God's love for us. Love in action. Body and blood shed for you. And we take communion a little differently maybe than in other places. It's called intinction, where you take a piece of bread and you actually dip it into the cup. 
and we are reminded of what Jesus' love looks like. Now, you don't have to be a member of our church to take communion. We invite everyone to come to the table. But this morning, um, I'm just going to just feel led that maybe you need to take some time in prayer at your seat. Maybe you need to take some time in prayer together as we've thought about some of these areas. And maybe you need to pause a little bit. Just spend time with our Lord. Maybe it's a time of confession, time of, of, of calling out to God for help in these areas of your life. And when you're ready, you're going to come up to one of these tables and you're going to take a piece of bread and you're going to dip it in the cup. Now the person that serves you is then going to hand the elements to you and you're going to serve the person behind them. We're going to serve each other this morning. If you need gluten-free uh, bread, it's there on the back right side. There's no rhyme or reason you can come to any table. There's a few servers that are going to come up at this time and they're going to be the first to serve others. As we come to the table this morning, we're reminded that the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took a piece of bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken and shed for you. And he took a cup and he said, this is my blood that was shed for you and for your sins. This morning, take and let's rejoice the grace that God offers us all. You can come when you're ready. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for what you have done for us. We thank you as we've taken these elements this morning, God, we cannot help, Lord, but be grateful as we come to your table. Be thankful truly for a God that is a God of grace, a God of mercy, and we need your grace today, God. Lord, we pray for healing this morning, God. Lord, I pray for healing for couples around this room, Lord. God, maybe there are scars that have been built up over time. God, we know and we are thankful that your grace is sufficient for us today, God. Lord, we pray that you would be the great physician emotionally, Lord, and in relationships this morning, God. God, I pray that we would put your, your words into action this little morning, Lord. God, I pray that we would be unselfish like you, God. We would be intentional like you, Lord, and we would make love a verb in our lives, God. That we would, Lord, we'd find ways, Lord, to serve one another, to serve uh, our friends, our family, our loved ones, and the person that we love the most, the person that is a gift to us, Lord, a spouse. And we thank you for that, Lord. God, I pray that you will be with us this week. Lord, I pray where there has been, Lord, a lack of intimacy, Lord, I pray that you would bring couples together, Lord. Bring that connectedness back, Lord that you so desire for us, Lord. God, we pray these things in your precious holy name. And everyone said, amen. This week, as we get ready to go this morning, uh, reminder, Wednesday night, Ash Wednesday experience, it's gonna be a neat time for you. Different times from six to nine o'clock, six uh, on 30 minute windows, come into the sanctuary and then you can go out from there. And we're gonna have some awesome missionary guests with us in the gym starting at seven. Have a amazingly fun weekend as you make love or week as you make love a verb have a great day